Davis bringing you the fourth episode of the Noah Davis Watchcast, and I'm realizing that when I look up Watchcast, those podcasts are usually simultaneously watching and talking over the thing, so sort of a Mystery Science 3000 kind of thing, but that is the nomenclature I went with, so maybe I will have to change the name of the show, because I guess this isn't a Watchcast if it's, if that's a Watchcast, this is not a Watchcast. But for now, this is the Noah Davis Watchcast where I talk to you about anything I've watched, whether it be movies, TV, plays, motion comics. I hate motion comics, but, you know, I could watch them. Motion comics, anime, cartoons. I'm not going to talk to you about YouTube. I don't really get it. This is basically a YouTube video just without the video, so I'm not even going to worry about that. So we'll get right into it. I watched the movie The 13th Warrior, which is based upon Michael Crichton's Eaters of the Dead novel. I had not read the novel, but my friend read the novel, so I watched the movie with him, you know, so we could see the differences and all that jazz. Stars Antonio Banderas as, uh, you know, a non-Hispanic man <laughs> named Ahmed Ibn Fadlan, which, you know, if you can imagine Antonio Banderas, if you know of Antonio Banderas, I think you can kind of guess how it comes off when he's playing a character named Ahmed Ibn Fadlan. Uh, it's, let's just say it doesn't really work incredibly well, but Hey, he, he does the job. He plays the character and you know, it, 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 it works. Does it work perfectly? No, but it does work. And what's funny is Antonio Banderas is definitely not the best actor or the best part of this movie. The acting of his Viking compatriots are uh, in my opinion, uh, a lot better and a lot more believable than he is as Ahmed. Uh, it, it's not like he's bad. He's not bad at all. It's just, it's not believable to me. Whereas his Viking friends, uh, Bullvife and uh, what was the other ones? Uh, there was like Bullvife and, and you know, just names that I'm not used to that I wouldn't remember unless I was watching History Channel's Vikings. But. Besides the point, that's besides the point. Uh, it, it, it's a fine movie. It's nothing revolutionary. I think its conventionality gets in the way of it because it forces this kind of romantic part of the movie, kind of makes it into a brave heart when, from what my friend described, that's not what the book was like at all. And it's extremely funny because Michael Crichton was brought on as a secondary director because the first director's cut was so bad and over budget that Crichton came on and then re-edited and re-shot some things. So it's funny that even with the author of the book doing you know, the work, the legwork, 
it still has some of these stereotypical things that were not in the book and just came off as cheesy and overly Hollywood for no reason other than just playing it safe and, you know, following the algorithm of, oh, hey, main guy needs a love interest, you know, to keep people interested, which isn't true, but, you know, the math probably checks out for executives in the 90s and the 2000s and really now even, uh, but especially even in the 80s and 90s, there was always a love interest. There's always some sort of love making scene. There's always some sort of this and some sort of that, this, that, revenge. Uh, guy's actually a badass, even though in the book he's just a normal kind of dude. In the movie, he's a literal superhero who can memorize, or not memorize, who can learn languages in a day or at least in such a short time period that it wasn't conveyed well. So it seemed like he learned it all in one day. So either the editing and pacing has made me believe he's a superhero or the guy's actually a superhero and both are kind of negative things when you think about it. So it's, it really doesn't help the movie overall. It's a rather generic sort of flow to a, one of those action adventure almost a swashbuckling movie, uh, you know what I'm saying? And it, it doesn't do anything new whatsoever. It's not bad. It's really not bad. It's just not good. Or, you know, maybe not. it's not great. It's a, it's a fine movie. If I, I think if I was 11 or 12, it would have been awesome, you know? It, it would have blown me away. Like The Patriot, you know, when I was 12, The Patriot's a fucking amazing movie. But nowadays, uh, it's... It's probably not as good. I'm just going to guess. I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm going to guess it's not as good. So yeah, that's 13th Warrior. And moving on, I watched the first two episodes of the new season of Dark Side of the Ring, which is the, I don't, I don't know if it's produced by WWE. I really think it's not, but they have to have some sort of hand in it with how many old superstars get interviewed. There would, you would think WWE would be cleared on some things, but it's about the dark side of wrestling and the negative aspects. Well, you know, the aspects of professional wrestling, whether it be relationships, just personal drama, professional drama, what have you, drug use, murder, suicide. There's just, there's so much to this show. It's ridiculous and it's almost ridiculous or it's almost even more ridiculous that they haven't run out of steam and haven't run out of content. There is a new episode on tonight. So I'm probably going to watch that too. And let me tell you, it is an amazing show. Even if you don't care about wrestling, I think the show really shines a light on just, I don't know, the heaviness that revolves around wrestling or how big of an issue it actually is for the wrestlers and the people around them. You might be, you know, you might think it's like this little small bubble of wrestling, but you realize that there's just so much more to it inside this relatively small bubble. Uh, it's, it's astounding really. Uh, one of the recent episodes was about a wrestler who I wasn't really familiar with, but his name was Magnum TA and his his gimmick or his character was kind of a ripoff of Magnum PI in a you know in a roundabout sort of sense. He wasn't a PI or anything, but he did take that name and that moniker a little bit and the cool guy Tom Selleck vibe even had the you know the 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 half mullet kind of thing, the the, the fuzzy mullet kind of going on. But um 
yeah, it, it just it just shed a light on this guy who I've never heard of who did all these amazing, incredible things, and he's looking like a 40-year-old truck, but it turns out he's as old as I am, if not younger, like in these pictures, and it's insane to just realize how that man's life has gone. Then he gets in a car wreck, he gets paralyzed, but then he recovers somewhat, and he can walk again, but, you know, obviously with assistance and all that, but it's just... It's insane, the the trials and tribulations of wrestling and just the, the paths that some of these wrestlers go down is incredible to listen to, incredible to watch. Some of these wrestlers have the utmost humility about it. Uh, there's a really, really amazing one with Jake the Snake Roberts, and it's just, it's... It's almost too heavy. Like I, I would, I would advise against it. But at the same time, the way he goes about it, the way he's talking about it, you can you can feel his emotions and his part, and you know his own story, his his character story, if you will. Since you know he's he claims he's what's left of Jake the Snake Roberts. You know he he doesn't claim he's Jake the Snake Roberts anymore. So that's just. I don't know. I, I can't talk about the show enough. You know, I, I loved wrestling when I was younger, much younger, and I ironically like it now. But this show, there's nothing ironic about it. It's a fantastic show. I think it's Vice produced, but it's on Hulu. So who knows? And with Vice filing for bankruptcy a little bit ago, who knows? We'll be producing it soon. Maybe it'll get canceled. Hopefully not. But yeah, Chris Jericho narrates it. So there's there are ties to the wrestling industry within this show. So it's not just bad mouthing people to bad mouth people. You know, they have actual wrestlers. If they happen to bad mouth, you know, they're just bad mouthing to get their opinion across. But yeah, incredible show. I would uh, definitely recommend. I will move on to kind of the other. Well, I wouldn't say other because Dark Side of the Ring is not garbage TV. But I did watch some garbage TV this week, which is Alex versus America. That's uh, Alex Gernichelli, the the chef. You know her. She's on so many cooking things. It hurts. She's had 20 shows, a billion other things, Food Network, Fox, whatever, Iron Chef, all that jazz. I think she's been everywhere, okay? She has been everywhere. She's done it all. She's been a judge on everything, and she's been a contestant on half the things. So, yeah, you if you don't know her name, you know her face. I swear you do. But it's basically great chefs from America who are who are tried and tested. You know, they, they're not amateurs, and they have to battle Alex in a, a sort of fake quasi-Iron Chef kind of thing. And that is... Um, it's something the editing is so garbage, but at the same time they show you transitional periods of the show. So they'll actually show you the set and they'll actually show you the camera people, which is weird because it seems sort of unprofessional yet. It's a breath of fresh air because you never see that sort of stuff. You know, they always pretend it doesn't exist. So I don't know if I prefer it or not. I really don't. Uh, I will say the editing itself is garbage, and it's just quick-cut American reality bullshit. Um, I appreciate the work the editors do. I know they're under probably some stringent guidelines, but it's bullshit, and it's dumb, and whittles away the attention span one episode at a time. So, yeah. Uh, it's it's a fun show. Trash TV, you know. It's, it's a fun watch. Move on to the last thing I watched this week was the entirety of The Pacific in Color, which is the Smithsonian's you know, World War II docu-series about the Pacific War. It might be the greatest 
documentary show I've ever watched because it is only raw footage, actual lines from actual soldiers and generals and people a part of the war, and it talks about actual things that happen on the actual archival footage. It's not just B-roll, and then you talk about this over B-roll that wasn't even from this battle. You have B-roll from Stalingrad, but you're talking about, you know, Leningrad, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, that's how we usually... That's how it usually goes with other documentaries. So it's nice. It's actually so much better when it's just raw stuff of seeing the actual things happen, of seeing the actual battles, you know, from the, the dogfight point of view camera or from the camera on the ship that is getting attacked. And then the narrator tells you it's getting attacked and that's when it happens, you know. It it invokes a sense of stress and high-octane action without you know, giving you a fictional story. It's the real thing. It's built into it, you know. It's it's cooked in. It's it's a part of it, but without detracting from it and giving you, oh, the Americans were the perfect good guys and they were the the, the perfect army and nothing was wrong with them, you know. Like, a, you know, some documentaries do do that. This documentary goes, oh, the Americans learned, but... Japanese archival footage shows the real truth and it'll show black and white Japanese archival footage about them setting up shop and, you know, bunkers and entrenching themselves in positions and all that. Absolutely fantastic. It, it just provides a more in-depth and more comprehensive look at the war in the Pacific. And if you don't know a lot about the war in the Pacific, because usually the, the, uh, the Western, you know, the, 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 the European theater is usually the one you learn most about in World War II classes or when you're studying World War II, even on Wikipedia, it usually leads towards the European theater or, you know, Pacific's kind of second. And then you got like African theater number three, and then you got all the random other places under those. So it's, it's interesting to see a fully in-depth, I mean, this is a full eight episode, hour long episodes show about the Pacific War, and it might be the most enlightening one I've ever watched, and it might be the best World War II documentary, let alone the best docuseries I've ever watched, because it's just, it feels raw, you know, they, <laughs> it doesn't feel as though there there is any editorializing going on, yes, there might be, but it doesn't feel like it, and that's what's important, it just, it, it, it is what it is, and that's a very positive thing in this context, there's, there's nothing negative about that. I don't even know if there's a negative about the show even. When I think back on it, I mean, I don't know. I got nothing. And then you learn when you look at the credits, it's edited by one guy. Like, what the hell? I don't, I know I talk about editors on here, but that man is a, whew, that man's a machine. Eight hours of archival footage, you know, edited down to eight hours. You know how many hours and hours and hours of footage you have to watch to cut it down to eight hours? Like, eight hours is the cut down part? Can't even imagine what that man went through. I will have to look it up and we'll shout him out next week. But it is an incredible show. I would definitely watch it. And I think that is pretty much all I have for this week. Nothing really crazy. No crazy review you know, I didn't watch anything bad enough to hate on for 20 minutes. I didn't watch anything masterful enough that I can love on for 20 minutes. I will say, you know, Pacific Color, absolutely fantastic. But 
going into it would require just, you know, talking about the actual plot points and the actual happenstances, you know, and that's just spoilers for spoilers sake. I hate, absolutely hate when reviewers say, Hey, here's a review, but then half the review is just telling you what's in the thing. You know, you're just telling me the plot of the movie. You're not telling me your feelings on the plot. You're just telling me the plot half the time or, you know, I'll, I'll even bring up uh, gaming reviews on YouTube. They don't tell you anything about the game. They'll just tell you the game stuff. You know, they'll, they'll make jokes and quips instead of actually just telling you what's wrong with the game and the game mechanics. They'll just show you dumb shit. And I don't like that. I'm not going to talk to you about the actual insides of these things. I'm going to give you the reviews of these things. You know, if I do happen to mention one, great. Sure. I'll talk about it, but I'm not going my reviews are not like that. I refuse to let them be like that. They So, you know, they won't be. I'll, I'll tell you little snippets, little touches of it, but I refuse to just go in depth about every single facet of a story or whatever I watched. So I'll actually talk about one last thing I edited in before I exported this. I'll actually talk about how honestly important shows like Pacific and Color are to us, I guess, right now, uh, because... You know, as crazy as it gets, the further and further we get from the actual events happening, the more and more likely people will cease to believe they happened, even if they have actual undeniable proof where they've been taught it in eighth grade once or twice, you know, and talked about Anne Frank. So as weird as it seems, I do think this show and others like it or anything of the similar vibe where it can separate fact from fact is absolute these are absolutely necessary for us going forward because without these younger generations will just see a picture in their book or read Anne Frank and not think anything of it you know you get what one lesson two lessons in eighth grade and ninth grade and then that's it that's that's it and then we wonder why people are denying our holocaust deniers you know it's I think we need to spend a little more time or we as a people need to spend a little more time remembering what's up, you know, and with stuff like this, it's, it helps a lot. And I believe it's only for the better betterment of society. Even if this is just, you know, running the mill documentary show, this is actually a positive. So I, I will talk about that. And I did forget to mention a couple of things like, uh, it's funny that world war two, videos have the same frame rate as the hobbit which makes the hobbit look even more fake because these are real videos and not fictional movie videos so it just makes the hobbit look fake whatever 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 world war ii documentaries such as these are very necessary in this day and age and without these i think we'll get even further and further away from the truth yeah those are my reviews for this week and i will see you next week on episode five of the noah davis Watchcast title pending and I don't have a motto yet, so, um, you know, get out of here. Leave. I want, I want you here. I want you here. What are you doing? Come back next week. It's over.
Thank you.